Welcome to Fiscal One-on-One. This Iowa Legislative Services Agency audio program consists of interviews conducted by the Fiscal Services Division staff. Each brief conversational interview features an expert answering questions concerning a fiscal topic of interest within an Iowa State agency. The following interview was conducted on July 26, 2012. John Parker of the Fiscal Services Division interviewed Dan Miller, Executive Director and General Manager of Iowa Public Television, regarding programs the costs associated with this state agency and funding sources. Hello, my name is John Parker with the Legislative Services Agency. Today I'm going to be interviewing Dan Miller for our fiscal one-on-one. Dan Miller is Executive Director and General Manager at Iowa Public Television. Iowa Public Television as a state agency was established in 1967. Thank you very much, Dan, for being here today. Thanks very much, John, for asking. Now can you tell us a little bit about the origins of Iowa Public Television and some of the programming and options that you offer? It began in 1967, as you said, as an idea. An idea that few people then in central Iowa and later on growing throughout the state because they believed that television should offer something other than white noise to anesthetize the passage of time. They thought that television should have programming on it that was educational, that was aimed at teaching people how to do things, programming that was available to all Iowans regardless of where they lived or could afford to pay, and programming that was aimed at satisfying the educational needs of our children that had in it learning opportunities as opposed to opportunities to escape the world. And that's what happened now over 40 years ago in 1967, as you said. And it began then as one station that was operated out of the back part of the stage at Des Moines Technical High School, what was then Des Moines Technical High School at 1800 Grand in Des Moines. It's grown now to to a statewide network of nine transmitters and translators that serve all of Iowa and good portions of states around. It has the support of over 60,000 families who are members of Friends of Iowa Public Television, terrific support from the General Assembly, terrific support from Congress, all because we're doing what we set forth to do, which is to provide a television service that can't be found anywhere else, a television service that is aimed at uh, satisfying the educational needs and interests of Iowans. Now, Dan, what does it typically cost Iowa Public Television for the programming and production? You know, our annual budget is somewhere between 15 and $17 million a year, depending on the year. It goes up and down depending on how the overall economy is. And that's a tremendous amount of money. But what you've got to remember is that for that money, you're receiving uh, programming on three television channels 20 hours a day, a website, a series of websites that attract over a million users a year. And so we think it's a pretty good investment, and we think for this business, it's a tremendous investment when you look at what it costs on the commercial side to make things happen. And as we're talking here, we're on the eve of the Olympics, and I'd be remiss if if I didn't mention that NBC paid $2 billion for the rights to broadcast the 2010 and 2000 Olympic Games, not to produce them, just for the rights to broadcast. $2 billion for the rights to broadcast. When the summer games are over, which is when people are going to be hearing this, NBC will have presented more than 1,600 hours of sports coverage across all network platforms to the tune of more than $1.25 million an hour for the rights alone. That means, as I do the math, John, you're the numbers guy, so you probably know, but as I do the math, that means you could watch 12 hours of Olympic coverage to reach what we spend in our enterprise for an entire year. 12 hours versus a whole year. You be the judge. Now, you mentioned three funding sources, federal, state, and also friends. Can you tell us a little bit about each of those and maybe 
what yeah. that what that means to our public television. Yeah, think of public television funding as legs propping up a table. There are three or four big, strong, sturdy legs that are important, and I mentioned those: the, the state appropriation, the federal government, and members and foundation revenues. And any time one of those legs is hurt, then the, then the other legs have to step in for it. The largest funder that we have in terms of percentage is the state. In 2011, the estimated percentage of state revenues that we received was about 49. So a little less than half of our funding comes from the state. The Corporation for Public Broadcasting, which is the organization that moves federal money from Washington to Iowa Public Television, that gives us about 15 or 16 percent of our money, and membership gives us 15 or 16 percent of the money. The rest comes from underwriting corporations and foundations who sponsor programs, charges for service and grants and the like. It's a diverse group of funders, each of which is extraordinarily important. And so you could see with the state funding at nearly 50 percent, a reduction in state funding would cause that table to tip. And so we're trying to keep these funding levels strong enough so that the table or that chair or that stool or whatever metaphor you choose to pick is solid enough to carry the programming services that we offer. Now can we go into a little more depth of some of the influence that friends may have on the programming decisions that is made here at Iowa Public Television and how you gain that support and how you raise some of those? Yeah, those. we have 60,000, as I said, 60,000 members who voluntarily give their monies to us every year. The largest vehicle that's used is direct mail and telemarketing. We also are on the air twice a year, three times a year, with fundraising appeals directly to the public. Out of all of that, we get a sense from members of the kinds of shows that they like. But there's no control over what we do by that membership. That's an important thing to keep in mind. We control, the staff controls the network, what we broadcast on the network. The board of directors holds the broadcast license to be independent of all pressures. The reason why we have to be independent is because the public has to know that what they watch on public television is broadcast without fear or favor, and that we play on a level playing field. That, for example, nutrition information that we provide in one of our Healthy Minute spots in children's programming is not driven by the interests of any one commodity group or is not driven by any attempt to advance a cause. We need parents and kids to know, in this case, that what we're broadcasting is, in fact, the best information we can get. We can give them about health and nutrition, and that it's not spun by the interests of anyone who's funding us, uh, corporate or foundation or membership. Now, if there's a program that you're trying to keep on the air, is there maybe, if you see a lot of friends donations coming in, that would not necessarily mean that you could continue to fund that program? Well, it may, it's something you pay attention to, but mm -hmm. I'm reacting to the word control. Okay. Everyone has influence. You have influence. You can call me up after this uh, taping is over and you can say, why don't you run Frontline at a better time? Or why don't you run Masterpiece Theater? Why do you run it at all, you might say. And you have all the right in the world to do that because you're a viewer. And you may be a Friends member. If you're a member of Friends, you have that same right. What you don't have is control. You can't say to me that you give me money in order to keep that program or this program on the air or to not have that program or this program broadcast. Now you mentioned Iowa Public Television was set up as mainly an educational service and, and to get rid of all the white noise. That yes. Now some people may not know this, but there are more than one Iowa Public Television station, correct? There are. There are stations that serve the, the entire state. So. Mm -hmm. 
There's KDIN channel 11 in Des Moines. There's KIN channel 12 in Iowa City, Cedar Rapids, etc. I won't go through all of them. And by the way, KDIN TV is often the most watched public television station in America. And more people watch channel 11 in Central Iowa as a percentage of the total audience uh, than anywhere else in the country. So each one of those stations broadcasts three program services. A high-definition uh, program service called Iowa Public Television, an educational and kids service called IPTV Learns, and uh, that also contains some of what's known as the Create Channel. And the third is the IPTV World, which is the Current Affairs Channel, that broadcasts all of these channels broadcast 20 hours a day. Now, you said they only broadcast 20 hours. Would you like to see those expanded to the full 24 sure. hours? Sure, yeah. You, we'd like to be able to get back to 24 hours uh, broadcasting these channels because there is an audience to serve overnight, and we had to cut them back to save money during one of the budget crises of a few years back. Now, do you think there'll ever be a need, or would you like to see another program channel be offered? I'm not quite sure yet if we're there. If we had one, it would be, I think, a channel that would be all about Iowa events. One of the things that television can do better than just about anything I know is take you there. I mean, think about your own experiences in watching television. Before you were born, your TV took you to the moon. It takes you to great cultural events, sporting events, uh, events large and small. I think we can do, uh, I think, a better job of capturing some of those events that right now we're not able to get to because of either funding reasons or because of other commitments. And if we were able to get more of those events on the air, we could create an Iowa events channel. Uh, not tomorrow, not next year, but down the road a piece, I think that that's something we would look at doing. And one of those major Iowa events, this is happening right before the Iowa State Fair. Yeah, yeah. Now the Iowa State Fair will be covered and broadcast. Yes, every night is uh, the, the most watched individual series that we do. It's uh, the most watched local show that we do, and most often when it's broadcast in August, it has audiences that w in our business we, we say win the time period. I mean, more people are watching Iowa Public Television than are watching any other TV network on the nights that we broadcast the fair in August. That won't be true this year because of the Olympics. Okay. The Olympics will own a lot of eyeballs. But three out of every four years, IPTV's coverage of the Iowa State Fair is the most watched event on television when it's on. Commercial, public, cable, anywhere. It just owns it all. The reason why I think it does so well is, first of all, I think we do a good job with it. And I think it goes to show that talented producers who care a lot about what they do with good hosts and good promotional activities, a good physical presence at the fair, we can play with anybody in any league in television in Iowa or elsewhere. The other thing I think we do with that is we allow people to get a look at the fair that they otherwise maybe wouldn't see. It's impossible to see the fair in one day. It's easier if you see it with us and then go out and see it with yourself. So I think a lot of people are using us as a guide to the fair and as a place that they can go to that takes them there because they may not have had time otherwise to see it. Now beyond television, I know that you have a lot of programming and a lot of options for people to view television programs online. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about the interaction between online programming and... Yeah, I mean, it's becoming a, a bigger part of what we do. We think it's increasing in its importance. We have great content. We want it to be available when people are available to watch. So we know that people aren't all available, let's say, to watch Iowa Press when it's on on Fridays and Sundays. So it's also available to them online. These are busy people. Many of them are politicians, legislative staffers like yourself, 
who maybe have other things to do on a Friday night, although I can't imagine why, um, <laughs> but still want the benefit of seeing who Iowa Press has on, and so they go on, online to our website to watch it. Every local program that we do now is an online opportunity to view, and with pretty decent success. Our YouTube channel has had um, hundreds of thousands, I think I'm right about that, hundreds of thousands of users, uh, people from all over the country who will come to us because maybe they, they want to watch Market to Market and their public station in their town doesn't show it, and so they come to our website to see it. Online viewership will, will increase in its importance. The question is always out there is that will it replace standard conventional TV scheduling? I don't think it will because I think the notion of television as the hearth, as that place that as a family you sit and you watch something that uh, the whole family could be interested in, I think that's always just going to have a place in our viewing behavior. Now, do you ever feel like any you could do a better job of offering more educational programs, maybe offering additional scripted shows like Downton Abbey or news programs? You know, I think we can always do things better. There's just no question. And, that's, and one of the reasons we're here is to make television that's better than anybody else, mm-hmm. both in terms of what's in it, its content and how it's executed, how we deliver. So yeah, we can always do better, but I also think that what we're doing is pretty doggone good right now. Scripted programs like Down Abbey are tremendously expensive and rely increasingly on collaborations and production deals with major producers all over the world. I think you've seen an increase in those shows on our air in the last couple of years because you've seen a move away from scripted programs on every other network. A move toward reality TV on their part, on the parts of uh, the other networks. And that's created a void that we stepped into and filled. Mm -hmm. Education, I think we're doing a tremendous job with education, especially preschool education. We're doing a, a tremendous job connecting the broadcast of educational programs on our air to new media uh, like the iPad and and the iPhone that kids have increasing access to. We're creating learning opportunities every place they turn around. We can do better, but I think we're pretty good there. News, I think we have the best two news programs in America on television today. The news hour every night and Frontline on Tuesdays. Nobody does investigative reporting anymore. Nobody. Nobody does. And that's what Frontline does. And as the networks have cut away from their reporting, their investigative reporting, Frontline has expanded. So I suppose if there's one answer that I can give you to that question I just dumped a long-winded answer to is, yeah, we can do better. We're doing very well now, and we will. So you seem to be filling the void, as you say, as as maybe what's lacking on other stations. Yeah, but think about how we began. Mm -hmm. We began because there was no place on television to learn. Mm -hmm. No place. And people said there ought to be a place, and it ought to be publicly supported and publicly directed, and it ought to be owned by the citizens of the people it serves. And we just continued that for 40 years. In your tenure here, can you tell us a little bit about some of the positions you've had with Iowa Public Television and how you, maybe you got your start and how you... I started in 1969. Okay. I was a camera operator. So I was here when the state of Iowa took over KDPS from the Des Moines Public Schools. I mentioned earlier that the back part of the stage at Des Moines Technical High School, I knew that because I worked there. I left for a while. I came back in 1975 for a couple of years, and I never left. I've been a camera operator. I've uh, worked uh, silk screen machines in the art department. I've been a gopher. I've been a grip. 
I have been an associate producer, a producer, an executive producer, the director of programming and production, and general manager. So just about, well, a lot of roles. Not every role, of course, no, but you, you, <laughs> you yeah, got a you, lot. You'll that there's nothing at all dealing with money except, <laughs> yeah. except spending it. I know how to do that, and engineering. So over a 38-year career, what do you hope to leave Iowa Public Television? Well, you know, oddly enough, I've never thought about that question. But what I want people to remember this network for is a commitment to making things better, a better place to live, a better place to grow, better for our kids. Essentially, stripped away from everything else, that's our charge. And that's what we ought to be delivering, is better. In closing, uh, I just want to mention that this is taking place in the summer of 2012 and earlier this year, IOPTV lost a family member in their own of uh, Mark to Market host, Mark Pearson. Yes. Can you comment a little bit about what Mark meant to the to you, to Iowa Public Television, to the state of Iowa, the agriculture community? Well, I, you know, he was a giant. To the state and to the agriculture community, that's what he was. He was uh, perceived quite correctly as a tireless advocate for agriculture the, and the good things that come from it. He never met a stranger. He always had time for people. And he was tremendous uh, for, for Iowa Public Television and for the shows that we did, both Market to Market and the Iowa State Fair. I knew him long before he came to work here. In those shows, he'd worked as host of Iowa This Weekend and some other programs, and I got to appreciate his unassailable curiosity. He was very interested in how things worked and in telling stories about them. A tremendous loss, a void that's huge, that his son Mike has stepped into as the new host of Market to Market. So uh, he'll do terrific and carry forward that legacy. Well, excellent. Thank you very much, Dan, for being here with us today, and we really appreciate your agreeing to do this, and hopefully the legislature and the public will find this uh, informing and, and they get a enjoyment out of this. Thanks we very much. It. Thanks very much.